great. Welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks. If you're heading to Las Vegas for the Pac-12 Championship, you need a quick bite to eat, hit the Spanish Fork or St. George location, and remember, that Super Chicks with an X. I will try to keep it short and sweet today because I know there's a fairly significant game being played in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium between the Utes and the Ducks. So we will talk a little bit about the USC game. We will preview Sunday's game against the Cal Bears and we will get out of here so we can all go enjoy the Pac-12 championship game. But first, a couple of news and notes to get to and all of them surround injuries Brandon Carlson rolled his ankle, was in a boot at halftime of the USC game, which is a standard procedure, I'm told. No timetable yet for his return, but through various tweets and other things, it doesn't sound like that's a long-term type injury. There's no word on whether or not he'll be ready for Cal just yet, but hopefully that's not an injury that lingers for Brandon. Now, front of the podcast, Josh Newman reported that Dushan will be out at least until January, which is better than what most of us thought. Still, that's tough to have one of your top rebounders out for that long. On the Coaches Show earlier this week with Bill on ESPN 700, go give that a listen if you haven't already, Craig Smith mentioned that Marco Anthony is not quite day-to-day, but he's getting closer, and that Gabe Madsen had been cleared for non-contact practice. So it looks like those two are getting closer, but they're not quite there just yet yet. So let's talk about this USC game. Utah fell in Los Angeles 93-73. to Booth Gotch led the way for the Utes after Brandon Carlson went down with 28 points. David Jenkins added 21 and Riley Batten got into double figures as well scoring 10. USC had a very balanced effort with five players scoring in double figures including 21 from Isaiah Mobley and 19 from Boogie Ellis. Now, once Carlson went out, that game was really about survival for the Utes. And the Utes did a good job of that. The last few years, you know, a game like that balloons, right? Uh, instead of 93 to 73, it's 93 to 53 or worse. So I liked, to, I liked to see that this team had no quit in them, no matter how undermanned they were. They went, it was 45 to 45 in the second half, which I think really speaks to the character of the guys on this team and the ability that Craig and his staff have to draw out the very best in that group. In terms of what I liked from that game, Booth Gotch stepping up in a big way, played very well. He was 10 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from downtown. Now you've got someone else besides Brandon Carlson that you can run things for in this offense. I said this in the preseason. He needs the ball in his hands, not necessarily to distribute, but just to get himself going. On the night, he scored one fewer point than Arizona State, so how about that? Boy, Bobby Hurley's got himself a mess down there in Tempe right now, but I digress. Lahat had 10 boards, which was nice to see. I'm not totally sure where the disconnect with with him is, but we just, we need to see more out of him. We need to see more out of him. We need to see more out of Riley. Now, again, this is a tough matchup for both of these guys. USC's got a ton of size. You're undermanned. You're being asked to do things that normally you wouldn't be asked to do, but they've just got to get a little bit more out of Lahat here, especially if Brandon Carlson's going to be on the shelf, even for a game or two. I liked David Jenkins being aggressive and getting to the free throw line. He was only 5 of 12 from the field and 5 of 9 from the three-point line, so he didn't have any non-threes, which worries me just a bit. But again, with the size of USC, that just bothered us all night long. Now, David, though, driving, getting to the line, I think we need to see 
more of that. We need to see him forcing the issue a little bit more, drawing contact, getting to the line. I think that that will really help him. And speaking of free throw shooting, I absolutely loved USC's free throw shooting. Boy, that was a display, wasn't it? My goodness. It's a good thing that they're so talented because they can't shoot free throws for anything. Uh, Utah Twitter was pretty fun last night. We, you know, we all knew we were going down, but hey, we had a good time in the process. So thanks to everybody for being on Twitter and enjoying the game with me. And then finally, this is this is something that probably a lot of people didn't hear, but Craig Smith in his post-game interview with Bill on ESPN 700 talked about Andre Miller. Andre Miller was at the game, and he talked about how Andre was on campus with the team in the spring when he was coaching, talked about how cool it was for him to make the drive up there and see the team and watch the game. That sounds a lot to me like former players are more than welcome on campus and to be around this team. And maybe they don't necessarily need to wait for the phone to ring, if you know what I'm saying. Just love that Andre Miller continues to be somebody who loves and supports this program long, long after Big Rick's been gone. And it was just great to see him, those pictures of him and Craig. And it's unfortunate we couldn't give him a better result, but Andre Miller is still very much a part of the Utah program. Now on to the things I didn't like. 51-32 to in the rebounding battle. That's rough. I mean, again, they had size, they had athleticism, we were undermanned, but that's another big rebounding disparity uh, for the second straight game. You know, it was nearly impossible to get things going inside, and even when they did, they missed a couple of really easy shots, layups, putbacks. You got to figure out a way to finish at the rim, even when you've got some size that you're dealing with. There there are other players that can do this. You got to figure out a way to do that, uh, especially if you're going to be shorthanded for a while. It was a tough game for Raleigh and it was a tough game for Laser. Both of those guys really struggled in this in this game and I think that, you know, it doesn't change the way I feel about either one of those guys. I'm glad to have them in the program. I think the future is remarkably bright with both of them, but you can see how a guy like Raleigh coming in here where he might struggle with an athletic guard like a Boogie Ellis who doesn't need a whole lot of space to get a shot off and is a guy that you're chasing around the entire game. Rough night for him, rough night for for Laser as well. The officials were awfully whistle happy. That got really ramped up in the second half. Bunch of fouls. I think they got a, I think USC got a flopping technical, which that's great, but a lot like, you know, with officials are always weird because it's like what what do you call and what do you not call and then when they do call something, you're kind of like, okay, so That's where we're drawing our line, but, you know, what about this thing over here? Anyway, so the officials were really whistle-happy. We all know how I feel about Dave Hall. He's a tough watch sometimes. Isaiah Mobley had a great game, 21-12. and You know, definitely the right call to have him as the head of the snake. And then, like I said, they had four other players scoring double figures. Boogie Ellis obviously was electric, really got the crowd going. He can shoot from just about anywhere. Peterson had a nice effort. Some of the other guys had a nice effort as well. So what are the big picture takeaways from this game? Well, we've talked about this game and the BYU game being measuring stick type games. And and look, we're not as good as USC right now. But, you know, seeing them fight, seeing them keep swinging, that can only be encouraging. It's like I said at the outset of this podcast in previous years, that thing balloons on Utah, and they never get it back. And that just that didn't happen. I mean, they kept fighting. They kept shooting threes. They kept really trying to get in there and, and mix it up and play defense. And they forced USC into some mistakes, I think. And USC probably 
took their foot off the gas a little bit, but they still scored 93 points, so they didn't take their foot off the gas too much. Now you've got Cal, TCU, Manhattan, and Missouri, and Fresno. Those are your next five games before you get right back into conference play in full. And so even shorthanded, you know, those are games that are winnable, and those are games that you're going to have to rally to play well in and get some wins here. So, And then just one more thought on USC. And I think this is what's keeping me from really totally buying in to Andy Enfield as a coach. Like, they've got a ton of athleticism. They've got a ton of size. And in a game like this, they can win. They can win it with that and still make a ton of mistakes, which they did, and play really, like, not very smart basketball, which they also did. But I think this is the thing that keeps me from ever being all in on a guy like Andy Enfield, right? This style works. When you're playing teams that you're clearly better than, but when you run into fundamentally sound basketball teams that also have size and also have athleticism, they beat you. And I think that's where USC is. Very talented, very good, got a lot of great individual pieces, but I don't necessarily see Andy Enfield as one of those bench maestros that's really pulling all of the strings. I mean, you just watch the way that this team plays and there's a lot of my turn ball and there's a lot of hero ball. Boogie Ellis just taking shots, firing up the crowd. And look, when they go in, it works. But at some point, you're going to run into somebody that can match up with you. And I think a healthy Utah team probably matches up better with those guys. And I think there are some other teams in this league that are going to match up better with USC and cause them a lot more problems than Utah did. So just one guy's takeaway uh, about the USC Trojans. All right, when we come back, we will preview the Sunday's game against the Cal Bears, and then we will get out of here and get our tailgating ready for Las Vegas right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Registered Physical Therapists. That's RPT Utah. These guys are committed to getting you back to work and play fast. Now let's say you're down in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship and you cheer a little too hard and you pull a hammy. Or you're out on one of those golf courses with some of the guys from the Utah Open and you wrench your back a little bit trying to swing and impress Brown Bear or Steve Bartle. Well, registered physical therapists can help you get back in the swing of things, if you will, fast. Their skilled physical therapists offer a wide variety of services, including surgical and non-surgical orthopedic injuries, spine injuries, headache relief, balance training, and women's health. They've got nine locations along the Wasatch Front, so they've got all your physical therapy needs covered pretty much no matter where you are in Utah. So if you find that you've cheered a little too hard this weekend or you've played a little too hard this weekend, registered physical therapists can take care of you. Go to their website and schedule an appointment today at rptutah.com. That's rptutah.com. All right. Well, Utah plays their second Pac-12 game on Sunday in the Huntsman Center. It's at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. And they will get the Cal Bears. And I wanted to wait until after we got the result of the Cal-Oregon State game, which the Bears won 73-61 to to get to 1-0 in the Pac-12. So we've got the absolute latest information on Cal. The Bears are now 4 and 4 with their losses coming to UC San Diego, Seton Hall, Florida, and UNLV and their wins coming against Oregon State, Fresno State, San Diego, 
and Southern Utah, though that Southern Utah win, if you remember the stories, was mired in some controversy. Southern Utah didn't get credit for a free throw that they made, and there was this whole thing, and the game went to two overtimes, and Cal eventually won it. Anyway, but those are their four wins and their four losses. Now, here are five things that you need to know about the Cal Bears. Number five, Cal returned something like 80% of its production from last season. Now, obviously, they lost Matt Bradley to San Diego State, but they brought back guys like Grant Antisevich, Andre Kelly, and Makai Foreman. Number four, they added Jordan Shepard, who is a transfer guard from Charlotte in the offseason, who's averaging about 32 minutes per game and 13 points per game, and he's led the score team in scoring in three, in three of their seven games heading into tonight, and they actually led them in scoring against Oregon State. He had 25. Jordan Shepard is very, very talented, very, very good, very quick, and a tough defend for sure. Cal's got sort of this big three of Shepard, Antisevich, and Kelly. So that's something to watch out for. Who's going to defend those guys? How is Utah going to play against them? Is it going to be more of a zone look? Are they going to try a matchup zone? Are they going to go man-to-man being undermanned, if you will? It's going to be an interesting thing to see. Number three, Cal is averaging 64.7 points per game, which is 339th in the country. And they're averaging 34.3 rebounds, which is 281st in the country. And by comparison, Utah's averaging 74.6 points per game and nearly 42 rebounds per game. So should be an opportunity here for the Utes to maybe get back that rebounding edge and take advantage. Number two, Cal is coached by Mark Fox who you may remember had a lot of success at Nevada, had a couple of nice seasons at Georgia before being run out of there, and has been terrible in two seasons at Cal. He's currently got a record of 22-37, and and that's not including this year, and is 10-28 and in the Pac-12. Now, two of those wins in the Pac-12 are against Utah. Now, you may recall that Utah had them down 12 at halftime in the Huntsman Center, and Cal roared back. They scored... 50 points in the second half. They stormed back to win that game. So we certainly can't discount this Cal Bears team by any stretch. That was a tough one, and we certainly don't want to see that again. And then number one, I don't know if this is like really a a factor, but we're going to just say it is. There's some great symmetry in Cal's 4-4 and record. They lost two, then they won two, then they lost two, then they won two. So if that's any indication, they're actually scheduled to lose on Sunday in the Huntsman Center, and we can all just rest easy. So who is the head of the snake? We kind of talked about this three-man attack that Cal has, but who are we going to identify as the head of the snake? Well, we don't believe in cop-outs here at the Running Hoops podcast, so we're not going to say that it's a three-headed snake. Going into this season, I actually would have said that Grant Antisevich was the head of the snake, but given the context and the circumstances of this particular game at this particular time, I'm going with Andre Kelly. Kelly has really elevated his game this season, averaging 16 points, nine and nine boards. He had a double-double tonight against Oregon State and Silva and Alatiche. So he is really playing well. He's really improved every single year that he's been at Cal, and he's playing with a ton of confidence right now. If there's no Carlson in this game, Kelly has got a big advantage inside. And even if Brandon Carlson plays, which I think he may, that's still going to be an area where Cal is going to look to exploit the Utes. And like I said, playing with a lot of confidence right now is Andre Kelly, and he's going to be a tough matchup 
for the Utes. So what are some of the keys to this game for Utah? Well, rebounding. We've talked about rebounding a lot in the last week. In the last two games alone, Utah has been out-rebounded 96-60. to They have got to improve on that, even with their limited squad. Lahat had 10 boards against USC. That's good to see. They're going to need that kind of effort from him and from some of the other guys. Booth Gotch, he needs to slash. With the roster currently as it is, With is, let's just say they are without Brandon and Deshaun and Marco and Gabe for this game, Booth Gotch is going to need to get to the basket as much as he can. He could very likely be the best athlete on the floor in this game for either team, and they need to exploit that. And I think that we're all a little bit, just a little bit, more comfortable with Booth Gotch when he is going to the basket, getting to the free throw line, getting those easy buckets, rather than trying to rely on his three-point shooting, which we know has historically been a little bit streaky. Okay, we need the microwave to be warm on Sunday. David Jenkins is going to have to hit his threes. Also, he needs to try to get to the line. I think he can be really effective from the line. We've seen that this season. He's shooting over 90% from the free throw line. So if he's not hitting those threes, then he's got to drive, try to get some contact, and especially going up against this Cal team that's got some good, def- not good defenders, but some guys on the outside. If you can get those guys in foul trouble, like, like a Jordan Shepard, if you can neutralize somebody through foul trouble, that's going to be a really big key or thing that would help Utah get this win. Raleigh and Laser got to bounce back, right? Got to have a short memory about what happened in Los Angeles. USC was a tough draw for those guys. I think Cal's a better matchup, but a guy like Jordan Shepard, who Raleigh might might draw another defensive assignment, is gonna, he's going to be tough for him. But still, Laser's going to have to be that spark off the bench. Raleigh's going to have to do his thing in, di- in distributing, getting rebounds, getting assists, doing all the dirty work. They got to bounce back. I think we need about 10 and 10 from Riley Batten. Batten has proven to be one of the real workhorses on this team, but he struggles in running sets against guys that are more athletic or bigger than him. He's a lot more effective when he can get that board and then he's able to just put it back up or draw contact and get to the line. I think a 10 point, 10 rebound performance from Riley would really help this squad especially since that would nearly double his average output for the year so far. But I think he's capable against this Cal squad. It'd be nice to get a crowd there, but I can't imagine that it'll be a good one. It's a Sunday. It's 3 o'clock. Now, if the Utes were to win the Pac-12 title and the athletic department could like throw the basketball program a bone and give them a nice boost by saying, hey, the football team and the trophy are going to be at the game, then maybe you could see a little bit more interest and enthusiasm of folks trying to get to that game, and especially the students. But I don't see that happening. Not that I don't see the the Utes winning the Pac-12 title, but I don't see the athletic department being that clever or creative in trying to get a crowd to this game. Now, what are the metrics guys saying about this one? Well, Ken Palm right now has Utah ranked 77th. In his ratings, and Cal is 112, and he gives Utah about a six-point edge, a 72% chance of winning this game, 69 to 63. Eric Haslam has it a little bit higher, 
for the Utes in terms of their overall score, 73-64. to 64. So six-point game, nine-point game, something in that range is what we are looking at. All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. As a reminder, give us a follow on Twitter, at Running Hoops. Find us wherever you get a podcast. Follow, subscribe, rate, review. doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. If you're heading to Las Vegas, I hope you are safe. Be safe out there. Have a great time cheering on the Utes. Hopefully we're bringing home a title by the time the Utes tip off on Sunday. On our next episode, we're going to recap the game against Cal and preview the upcoming game against TCU. I've got a guest coming on for that game, so look for that early next week. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Run Hoops Podcast, and as always... No use.